G'day everyone and welcome to Big Jay's Place. I'm your host Jason Stevens. It's great to have you listening. Now, my next guest's heritage hails from Carly, Colombia. I hope I got that right. She's an accomplished actor, singer, dancer. She stole the show, as far as I'm concerned, as Layla Habib in Channel 9's comedy series, Here Comes the Habibs. She's been nominated for two Logies and she also played a key role in my film, Chasing Comets, and was a delight to work with. You can watch that on stand, by the way. Kat Hoyas, hey. welcome to Big Hi. Jay's Place. So good to have you here. What a place. It's been so long. I know. It's been, a while. it's been so long. And thankfully, I've been able to watch your son grow through Instagram. Oh, yeah, he's a cutie. <laughs> he's a bit of a cutie. Oh, my gosh. He is so cute. <laughs> I know. I just like, I've, he's got these curly hair. I don't know where he get, get the, got the curls from, but he's like, and this morning we went, you know, for a run, I did the stairs and he, and he was just chasing me up at it. It's just such a great – it's unbelievable, actually. Oh, that's so wonderful to see because I can see how happy you are. Like, you just, you're just the best dad. Well, we're, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> at, the, at our launch, Beck was pregnant. I don't know if you knew oh, back in 2008. I think so, yeah. She was, I think like, you guys said that. showing and she was sick and it's just mm, like mm. – but it's just – it's all a distant memory because, like, you know, you, you, you giggle with him and you, you just to see him grow. I'm just – I'm very, very – very blessed. Yeah. So he's a great gift. Beautiful. Yeah. So hopefully you'll get to, you know, another time get the same because he's at daycare now. We're sending him for a couple of hours oh here my and there. Gosh, how are you feeling with that? I feel so much better. I'm, <laughs> honestly, I was struggling. I really was Ooh. hit a massive wall. Like, yep. and I just didn't know what to expect with being a father. You know, I'm 47, and I know mm-hmm. it's not that old, but it's like, you maybe your energy is not like like a younger person. I'm not sure, but you know, he he. The, the energy you, you give out, which is, as I said, not complaining, but yeah, you just, I'm, so, I'm wrecked. I am so tired. I, I just, I'm really, I'm really just tired. And I'm like, me and Beck look at each other so much and go, how do kids, how do you have two? How do you have people? Yeah. That, my mum had four by, by, pretty much by herself. Oh, well, I don't know how single mothers do she it. She did it. Yeah, single mothers, man. Oh, my mum was the same. Another, of course, yeah. Yeah. Nat, she's a she's a worker, man. God, I honestly, like I listen to my friends who are having babies right now and they're like, it really takes a whole house of people to look after one yeah. baby. Yeah. And having that support. And I just think, God, mum must have not slept the whole time, like Because to, did just you, look you were after born me. you were born I said Cali, um, Columbia, mm. but uh, is that the right word? Carly, yeah, Carly, yeah, Carly. it's phonetic. So, <laughs> but but you were you were born here, so she was. Yeah, she was from there. She she just arrived, and um, not long after, found out she was pregnant with me. Oh, so wow. I was a surprise for her. Oh wow! She came here thinking she was going to start a life on her own and do all that, and completely overshadowed by this little child in her belly. Wow. Um. So yeah, she like. She had to do a lot on her feet by herself. So she she, she knew no one here. No, really. no, she she barely knew English. Like they learned English at school, but you know, having to to find your people, your support group, your mm. doctors, you know, all that sort of stuff. Oh, like she it's just frightening. It is. Yeah, it it's is. scary, and you know, because it's like you have nine months to prepare for this, and I think Mum found out in the third, fourth kind of month, and um. And so she was just grasping being in this country wow. by herself. And then it's like, oh, crap, how am I going to do this? Wow. Because um, you actually, until you go through it, you actually don't realise how much mm. you do appreciate support. Mm-hmm. And um, Yeah, and her support know. was overseas. 
on the phone, you know. Is is there a Colombian community back in the day? Is there... there, Well, that's the thing. Like, now, in hindsight, she actually wants to try... And she did that for a while through the Shire. She was involved with the Gaimie community and um, she was sort of the representative of the Latin American community um, because she said, when I was in that position, I had no idea... There was no support system in place, mm. and so she wanted to give back that way, which she did. Um, and it's it was not great like you could just look on the internet back because there was no, no internet. <laughs> you can't just no. say um, Colombia. I mean, so you know, Colombian support group, or you know, no, you, can't, you like, can't do it. No one's going to say, "Hey, do you need some help? Here's some really great guys." Of course, like, of course. Unless you ask the question, and she wouldn't have asked it. And do you plan on ever? Have you been then to? to I've Columbia? been once. Oh, okay. Yeah. And that was, that was cool. I mean, I've always wanted to learn about that part of my my blood, I guess. Yeah. But um, you Rel- know, did you just connect with relatives and stuff there? Yeah. Or? Oh, look, yeah, cousins right. everywhere. Yeah. Right. 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 <laughs> I was like, okay, oh, hello, hello, hello. But good they're strangers to me essentially. But it, it was awesome because like mum talks about it a lot, and um, she's she came from a pretty hard situation she essentially escaped so going back there was a little bit traumatic for her and she was really worried for me as well but um but I went there with open eyes and ears and I was like wow things could have been very different if my mum decided to stay Mm. and I was born over there oh you know like I would have been a different person so yeah um there's a reason you're here, eh? There's a reason. Like you, you know, yeah, there's a great reason, apart from your acting and yeah, you know, stuff like, like that. Yeah, incredibly lucky, the amount of opportunities you get here. And we do get I've got to say, you work hard. I'm cutting you off there because, yeah. no, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, look, I know there's always an element of luck, but you work really hard on your craft, you know what I mean? You Thanks. work really hard. And that's like, I can't say that about a lot of actors, I'll be honest with you. Like, and there was actually... I don't know if you, I don't know if you read an article. Um, she was in uh, the Great Gatsby. Um, uh, was really, oh, she's doing really recent. Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's doing really yeah, well. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking overseas. about. Overseas, and she was just having a go at Aussies at their work ethic and not being driven. And uh, yeah. I, I forget her name. I mean, she's a great uh, Elizabeth. She has a yeah, sorry European should, last name. Yeah, I she's yeah. really she's a great actor. I've got to say, and she, but, you know, I, I could really relate what she was saying in terms of like them not us not really in many ways. Like I know it's a generalization, but really taking this art mm-hmm. that seriously and like really going for it, leaving no stone unturned. Like mm. it's it's definitely a cultural thing here. Like mm. we're battling two sort of things where we have that tall poppy syndrome she spoke about issue that. which yep. she brought up and yep. then the second thing too is culturally we're more sport we're more into sport and you know through this whole virus thing it's it's been a bit of a fight for our industry to get a bit more um support in that area because obviously they see it as a non-essential thing so but then here we are with like with football taking place and even in yeah. Queensland uh, just recently they had a, a game and um, even though the, the venue is at like 46% capacity or something, there was no social distancing, no masks. And then when you see something like that, you're like, okay, that's essentially live performance. So why can't we develop something to support the music industry? Because 
they're struggling as well, you know. Oh, yeah, footy. I mean, someone said to me very early, um, they said to me, you, you're, not in, you're, in, you're not into sports. You are an entertainer. Mm-hmm. He said you're an entertainer. Like, um, football is entertainment. It's entertainment. That's what he said to me very early on in my career. He said, just remember that. I was just mm-hmm. like, okay, no, no worries. But it is. It is entertainment. And... Um, yeah, in terms of the level playing field, I think it's been it's been there is a there is a great emphasis on on sport, no, no doubt. But I remember I was watching recently a um, I don't know if you saw the Tolkien movie that was um, that was out. It's been out a few years, but um, based on the life of of J.R. Tolkien, who did Lord, Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. and, and and so forth. And in in the in their group, their little fellowship, they called it. Um, one of the guys said, "Let's change the world." Through art, that's mm. what they said, and it was such a powerful statement, and it's a very true statement, I think, because we can't underestimate the value that arts bring mm-hmm. to to this world in terms of changing culture and in terms of you know there's just just so much that it that it offers, I think. Yeah, absolutely, and I think um, this whole pandemic is a great real realization of that. That um, you know, there's there's people there that think, oh, we don't need it, we don't need it, but. Truth be told, like if you look around you and what you're listening to and what you're seeing, there's there's art around you everywhere you go. You know, it's, it, either it's in the form of music or film or TV or books or artworks that you have at home. Um, it's it's all there. You just don't realise and you kind of take it for granted. And I guess the, the biggest thing is if we took it a step further um, – in terms of how isolated we can get from each other, we will we will crave connection, mm. and art is an expression of connection um, with one true. another universally. You know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So that whole the, the whole thing I was telling you about being in isolation and um, quarantining and and the things that you turn to because you can't connect with your friends and family in that way, you connect through other means. Of connection, which is essentially film, TV, video, oh, content. Awesome. I mean, just to to backtrack our conversation, you you were over in the states. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you'd already booked a flight to come back. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, it was oh. March, which went, when it all exploded, it was crazy. Like I remember going to the states at the height of when we had our bushfires. Yep. And it was crazy here. And then um, whilst I was in LA, I, I heard about all the massive storms that were coming down and the floods that were happening. And I was like watching videos online on Twitter and stuff and just being like, wow, I can't believe that's happening. And then not long after, I started to hear this this virus thing come through um, into the media and into the news and was seeing the the toilet paper hoarding and that craziness that was happening mm. here. And I was saying to Reese, what is going on right now? And I said, nothing's happening in LA. Everyone's just moving as normal, nothing, nothing. And he was like, yeah, it's crazy here. And um, It's so th- crazy that I had a friend actually sell me, sell me t- toilet paper for $25. <laughs> oh, come on. I, like, you? I thought they were kidding. But oh. they did line up and they did all the things. But I'm just like, oh, Gosh, where have we come? Where have we come? I was like, but I need it, man. I got through it. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> but you were on the flight. You were on the flight. And how did you know then that there were people not with, 
with COVID potentially? Did you know? Did you have any no awareness? idea? No idea. We oh. were we were the first bunch of flights after Scott Morrison announced it was all the isolation thing was taking place, and um, I remember heading to the airport and there was just like a few people were wearing masks, some sanitizer here and there. People weren't keeping socially distant. Like I'd stand in customs and everyone's just like boom, 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 oh, boom, boom. Yeah, yeah. And I was starting to feel a bit paranoid because we were like in amongst it now. And um, getting on the plane, the books, the, the flights were kind of half booked because some people after hearing the news had cancelled their flights and everything. So we had a little bit of space, but we didn't move too much. And I just remember I had all my sanitizer with me. They didn't give any sprays or any masks or mentioned the virus. It was kind of hush-hush. And so I was I was being super paranoid and spraying my table and chairs, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and then at the end of the flight, upon landing in Sydney, they gave us like a one-page fact sheet about the virus. And they were like, okay, so just letting you know, you've got to isolate for two weeks. It was just very, you know, subtle, but not really mentioned. And then getting off customs, like we didn't get temperature checks. There was like a, a sign that said, do you feel unwell? Um, we had to say, yes, we've been to um, America or Iran or China, you know, declaring that. But that was the extent of it. And I remember Reese picking me up and he's like, it's madness. I'm driving you home. I'm driving you home. And I'm like, okay. So I got home. I couldn't see what was happening in Sydney yet. I, I only heard about it through him. And I remember coming home and he was like, okay, so I've got pasta, I've got flour, I've got toilet paper. What else do we need? And I was like, what is this? We're okay. Like a bombshell. Like we just I know. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, of all of the things, no one's picking up fruit and vegetables. You're picking up like canned foods and like crappy two-minute noodles and all I that know, stuff. Because that, the, the fruit would, after a few days, it's no good. Like, but with that canned stuff, it's like you're planning on term. That's how, that's how, it, that's how it got. Like yeah. honestly, it was like, and it got to the stage where actually I was, I was. Because with the newborn um, and his sleeping hours and so forth, like I'd get in a line at Woolworths and I could not wait uh, that long because you'd be waiting and I'm going, hey, I went to the manager. I said, look, I can't wait any longer because my baby's ba- ba- got to go to sleep and my wife's got a bad back and can't lift him mm-hmm. myself, so I have to go there. And, and they're like, oh, everyone's lining up. It's like, you know, and I go, yeah, I know I'm not different. I'm not special. Deep down, I think I am. But I'm not, like, for that purpose of this, I'm not. And, I'm like, and uh, it was it was really hard. I had to get my in-laws to actually get some. And, mm. you know, it was, it was, it was, quite, it was quite full on. But, mm. but, but with your one, so did you think there were people on there? On oh, yeah. So um, my, a friend of mine who was on the flight, she actually – the New South Wales Health website, they've got a section where you can find out if your flight has any confirmed cases. They didn't tell us that information. Like, they didn't text us or email us oh, to wow. say, hey, just a heads up in case while you're in isolation. And I had a look and I found out we had over 20 confirmed cases on our flight. It was 20 plus. Wow. And in where I was sitting in that particular cluster, it was like rows 50-something to 80-something, the bulk of them were in that cluster. And I was like, how did no one tell me? And I'm sitting there going in isolation, just going, right, thanks, you know, like, thanks for letting me know. And then I started getting symptoms um, nine days later. And I called the hotline and they were like, oh, have you got a cough? And I said, no, I'm fine. I'm just runny nose and sneezing. And they said, all right, just keep an eye on it. 
And then the day after, I was so lethargic. I just like hit a wall. Wow. And I struggled to get out of bed, like really struggled. But they were kind of like the only symptoms I had. And that lasted for five days. And that was just the day before I got out, essentially. And then I called the hotline again to let them know what happened. And they said, um, you know, you don't have to get a test. Because I, I was thinking maybe I should. And they said, well, it's only, it's voluntary. If you feel that way, go and get it. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do it. Oh, because so you went and got the test. Yeah, I went yeah. and got the test and it was a no. But I was just really confused because I was like, yeah. Reese is hanging around me this whole time. And, and he, he can didn't get, did no, he get, no, nah, okay. Even though I said, I think he should get tested because he's been hanging around me. Yeah. And he's the one that's allowed to get out and get the groceries and, Isn't you know. It? Yeah. Like, that's where yeah. I just found it was a little bit. It was hard because we've we've never been in this, you know, we've just never been in a place like this before. There's no, no, there's no real. Nobody protocol, knows what know? to do. Yeah, there's no. And the government are just trying to, like, play catch up, essentially. But with the, tell me about it. Let's digress a bit. Let, tell me about your stuff in LA because I know you, over there you uh, – you did improv classes. You're, mm-hmm. you're always trying to, like, you know, you've already got great. Actually, we're not, when, you know, I think one of Australia's great directors is Wayne Blair. And um, mm. when he saw our film, he said, he said, you're, you, that girl's got really great timing, really great Aww. timing, comedic timing. And I didn't give you much. I'm going to be honest with you, to, to, <laughs> to <get rid> of, <laughs> But you improvised and you did a little bit like that. But um, so, so you were over there. What was that experience like? Well, I really like going to LA because um, it's it's just a, di- a different energetic space for me, and like it's it's one thing to be here and you know the way that we sort of live is really like the views that we have. We're, we're yeah. so blessed that way. Yeah. But going over there, it's not aesthetically pretty, but it's the energy that's in that space because everybody's there for business. Everybody's there because they want to do something with. Mm with their, their passion and obviously that's the creative space. Um, so it's really inspiring to be surrounded by the studios and the hustle and bustle and hear about the projects that are going on. Like it's all happening there. It is. It's a, it's a – like when I went there, I went there um, not too long ago and you went into this coffee place and there was like – uh, one of the guys who was an actor with me, and he said, "See that guy? He he writes for Thirty Rock. That guy mm. writes for this. That guy's for that." Yeah. And I was just like, "See, if I in Cronulla, if I'm on my computer, <laughs> and I'm and people come up to me, what are you doing?" It was like, "Oh, I'm just writing, you know, script. It's like, oh, I'll get a real job. When are you going <laughs> to yeah. get a real? I promise you, I can't tell you the amount of time. Yeah. In the end, yeah. I actually used to travel just to the city to sit. Um, and there was this coffee shop there I loved. It was just there was hustle and bustle. It mm-hmm. was busy, but I could just get into it, and I'd just make the train trip every day wow. to do it for hours and hours. Get so much done mm-hmm. because just the atmosphere of the place. But I just found it very different. Like in the <laughs> very different. It's not. It's just not the same. Yeah, I get it. I get it because it's almost like you have to defend the thing that you want to do. That's right. Rather that's than right. just doing it. Yeah, that's right. And that's over right. there, you just you can just be. And people accept you for being creative. It's not like... And it's actually go for it. Like, yeah. Like, go, go. Like, really that's, go for that's it. That's the other cultural difference yeah. is that over here, it's, it's like we live in scarcity because the work's already hard enough as it is. So people don't really want to share their networks or their contacts. You know, it's, it's about being surrounded by like-minded people that will lift you but over there they've already got that mentality it's like if you're doing well we want to be part of that success as well that's right yeah um so so you did um 
because I, I noticed you did some with some pretty prolific sort of classes there with some really well-known sort of teachers and stuff. Yeah, you know? and that's the other thing. It's it's so accessible. Like the people who whose books you read or the videos that you're watching or the shows that you're interested in, you can get in touch with those people that do that. Like they're teaching the classes or they know someone who knows somebody else or you're you're watching shows. Like I watch... I trained at the Groundlings, so the Groundlings, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I'd go and watch their improv shows that you can watch for like thirteen dollars a pop, and all the people you see on stage are like working, credible actors, people who have like won Emmys and Golden Globes. They're writing, they're producing, they're directing, they're they're stand up wow. comics. You know, wow. like if you look at the alumni of the Groundlings, is it's it's amazing, you know, and yeah. I and I want to be part of that. I want to be part of that experience of like learning how they how they write comedy or the characters that they um, create from scratch. Because a lot of them go to SNL too. Like that's part of a lot of people's dreams when they do go to places like the Groundlings or UCB. Um, they they really want to get to SNL and write sketch comedy and get to that point. Mm. And it was, it's never really been my thing because I don't think that's, you know, growing up in Sydney, I don't think, oh, that's something that I'd like to do. It's more like the acting stuff. But if there was an opportunity to do that and get, um, be seen by those people, then why not? But they're all good actors. Yeah. Have you seen, like, have you seen the series Barry? Yeah. Oh man! Yeah, Bill Hader. Bill Hader, man, from S. Yeah, you know, obviously he that was his grooming ground. SNL. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. He's it's just so well written. Mm-hmm. He's great. He's great. Do you did you is that one of the things? Do you like that stuff? Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm so interested by just different. What are you watching? What what else? Uh, are you? Oh god, what have I been watching? Madness. Um, Pen Fifteen. So oh, Pen Fifteen. <laughs> It's a, a comedy written by two women who are like around 30, I suppose, but they've really just pulled on from their personal experience of being a, a teenager from like 14, 15, and they end up playing themselves as 14-year-olds going into high school. So they've got the braces and, you know, they're doing all that stuff, but the kids that are acting with them are all actually that age. So it's hilarious. <laughs> it's so good. That's good. Where's that on? I haven't seen that. Um... I think it's on Stan. Stan, is it? Oh, I maybe? should know. Okay. Yeah. 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 It's on Hulu back in America. Back in so America. that's where yeah. I, yeah, I right. got onto it. That That's something. I'm actually trying to watch light things at the moment. Okay. Because of how much darkness there is. Oh, no. Well, I was going to suggest to you uh, what we do in the shadows. Oh. <laughs> but that's like. Actually, it's not really dark. It's vampires, but yeah, it's the so mockumentary. Funny. Oh, it's so funny. with um Jermaine oh, Clement Jermaine. and oh, so Taika Waititi. So good. Yeah, I love Just, them. It's so good. Oh. Like the, it's it's a really good laugh, actually. So yeah, I know they got those very clever. Yeah, very mm-hmm. clever. Mm-hmm. But it's funny because uh, speaking of that Jermaine, you know, like he um when they initially him and his writing partner, who, uh, sorry, his name escapes me, but for their first big breakout, um. They showed it. Obviously, they're born in they're New Zealanders, and they showed it to everyone in New Zealand, and they just went nah. And then they they got this enormous amount of like um, there was. A, they said in in the states they went there and they were like, 
we want it straight. But, but really quickly, they said we want it, we love it. What, what, what's the what's what's their TV show again? That they uh, Flight of the Concord. Flight of the Concord. Yeah, so good, love it. So good, I love it. So good. So that's a, that's an example of maybe of, of even in New Zealand, I guess where it's just not mm. they don't see broader than because I've showed a lot of my stuff to to producers here and. Honestly, some of the biggest companies, and you know what they said? Ah, uh, it sounds like it's going to be too hard to get up. And I was just like, but can you see how, like, this is really quite a universal sort of type story, and it's there's it's commercial, and it's just like, and I felt like you're hitting your, a, you know, brick against your head against a brick wall. But yeah. I, you know, I've, I have had some good opportunities lately with with producers there who have actually gone hold on there is definitely something here we like so yeah i mean i'm back and forth with some stuff at the moment but i just appreciated the fact that they read it firstly they read it mm-hmm. which is unlike here in a lot of places that i've been told we won't write we won't read your stuff and i'm like why why i've got to film up and then personally you yeah, they, won't they won't read, read your it. stuff they just said they won't i won't read it that's oh, just wow. like the arrogance won't read it. Wow. They only want people that have maybe I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But it's a different different atmosphere over it. It's just so different. They're very willing to give if they see your synopsis or your log line is strong, mm-hmm. they'll say, Yeah, we will we will read it. So that's a great, great thing. But um yeah, so I think it's a common sort of it's a common sort of issue. But um I don't I f- know. I yeah. find that so interesting because you've already got something up and running and did really well for an Aussie film, yeah, you know? Well. I was happy with it. It was your first film and you managed to get national release, which again is like unheard of. Like the, I, I give you so much credit because oh, I'm nice. writing my own stuff at the moment. Oh, and I, I didn't know you were writing. Yeah, well, look, pandemic does That's things good. to you. That's good. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's that whole thing like now I'm learning about the other side of the industry and mm. The producing aspect and and how to get your team on board and like all that stuff is really unfamiliar to me. Mm. It's a lot of work and there's a lot of different ways in which you can take it. But to see that you know you've done it as well and like I admire the fact that you through all those roadblocks and hurdles that you've you've got it up. So that should give them the impetus to like read your stuff. At least, at well, least. At, it could yeah. be different for all be. you know. It could be, yeah, yeah. It's it's so, um, I don't know if it's the fact that because I'm an ex-footy player and it's like it's hard for them to, I don't know, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm, not, I'm not sure. But uh, but at, at the end of the day, every I think everyone who's got a dream has got, ob- there's always going to be obstacles. So whether it's that or whether it's something else, mm-hmm. or, it doesn't matter. There's always going to be these roadblocks. Yeah. And you come to life and you go, you know, what am I going to do when I when I get to that place? Am I going to stop? Am I going to listen to mm-hmm. those loud voices? Because they're people with more experience than you. Mm-hmm. Um, am I going to listen to them or am I just going to push through and just keep pushing and keep pushing? I think that's life, isn't it? Like, yeah. Keep and pushing, keep pushing. The arts are very subjective. So that's the other thing. One it's person so will think it's gold and the other person thinks it's rubbish. Oh, it's hard because you know? honestly, I, look, I see stuff on <laughs> I see stuff greenlit by well-known <laughs> people and I just go, how did, how? That, how did that happen? <laughs> but it's because, you know, yeah. they've got names on board and it's like... And, it, and it's a thing too that like projects will happen so quickly because all of a sudden someone says we need to get a project up and then there's this whole like rushed project that gets off the ground and it's shown. Yeah. And then you're like, ready, yeah. 
these projects are getting up, but what about the ones that actually have been worked on and nurtured and need that yeah. that leg up too and are better than what's out there? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, look, I think at the end of the day, you've got to say, you know what? I, it, if it's if it is really good, it's gonna find a way somehow. Mm-hmm. It's gonna find a way. I honestly do believe that it'll somehow it'll get to the to right place at the right time. And yeah. I think timing's a big big thing. Yeah, timing in life is. I've learned just to learning. Can I say just to go with the flow and mm. and to know that the sometimes there are closed doors and you know you've got to push push open. But sometimes the, the closed doors are a good thing because it's. It's just not the right time. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? In your own life, maybe in your own personal circumstances, it's sometimes it's just a way of, of God saying that you know, like th- this is going to happen, but it's going to be a bit later, and you'll be in a better place. You'll be able to enjoy it, and because I think uh, we all want, we all looking, we all the tendency is for all of us to look at life where we are, our age, and say I should be ahead, but further ahead mm-hmm. by now. Mm-hmm. Do you know, I don't know if that ever comes to you, but you think oh. I should be, I should really should be ahead, like further than this. Yeah, now. for sure. This the career that we've chosen is it plays on that all the time, and especially in this pandemic, it's like even more because we've gone right. Twenty twenty is pretty much done, mm. <laughs> and all the the goals and the the dreams that you've put in place in the last few years, it's like it's stalled essentially. Um, and it really tests that idea of like I should be further than where mm. I am right now, mm. and then the guilt that comes from well, should I be doing more right now? And sometimes you actually can't, and that's okay. And you need to just take that step back and go, all right, what is the thing that I can do right now that's going to help me fill yep. that void a little bit more that yep. doesn't come with expectation and result. Because that's when we get anxiety. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. But see, I mean, the thing is, is that, for example, with your your writing, that may not have happened if not for this mm-hmm. period. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Of time. So, yeah. in a sense, it's drawn something, drawing something out of you that if you had work, you you not that you would pass that work up for this, but I'm just saying, like, you might look ahead and go, wow, if I didn't have that time where that happened, I wouldn't have wrote this. Mm. And now maybe the next acting gig's a bigger one and they say, oh, have you got any projects? And you go, well, actually, I do mm-hmm. have something and it's back. It was in this time that it was forged. Yeah. But it's a hard time to forge it because there's a lot of discouragement around and, you know, financially it's hard for, you know, there's a lot of, there's mm. a lot of, isn't there? It's a, it's, 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 it doesn't seem like an ideal time to birth something new, but I think that's where dreams are birthed in the fire, in the yeah. the hard times. Yeah, I know there's a great quote and I'm not going to be able to find it, but it's the whole thing of like through devastation, yes. successful ideas come. Um, and there's successful businesses out there that have come out of the financial crisis. And, yes, for sure. Um, so it's not impossible. It's just the question of whether you end up rising above from the darkness and the hard times. You know what? You've got to you've got to watch. Um, I don't know if you've got Disney Plus, but the mm. Walt Disney story, like on there, is is oh yeah, yeah. it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. People don't re- I didn't realize like really the depth, the how low he went in terms mm. of having to sell his house, bankrupt, wow, um, several times. Like this is Disney, like who who changed the world, mm-hmm. went through some of the most incredible incredibly low 
times and how we just kept going and going and going and yep. creating and oh it's it's really inspiring there's a lot of stories out there and it just reminded me when you said that um you know tim burden yes yeah so i think he was employed by disney as an animator oh yeah he was i think yeah, yeah. and then um i don't know if they let him go or something like that but yeah they they didn't um they didn't match as a as a team so off he went and did his own thing and now look at what he's done. Like yes. he's got his own signature animated format. His his directing style is so kind of gothic and interesting and quirky. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, had it not been for that separation, it may have never come his way. Ab- absolutely. absolutely. The closed yeah. door, often I say the closed door is... It's just a, it's just an opportunity to knock somewhere else and it's there's a reason for it. Because I remember even finishing footy and doing Fox Sports and I know we can talk a bit of footy because, you know, you're marrying into <laughs> rugby league royalty. Ooh. Hello, Gary Jack, one of the best of all time. Yeah, he's got his own podcast I, now. I know, I know. Hey. How good's that? Yeah, it's yes. called Defend Everybody if the you're Fend. interested. Yeah, yeah, with yeah. With Adam Hawes. Adam Hawes, yeah, yeah. Yep. Adam, Adam. Actually, Adam Hawes is the, he's the one that's actually broke a story on me um, <laughs> that I was saving sex for marriage. We, oh. were just, we were talking about something else and a girl walked past who was quite attractive. Yeah. And I said, oh, you know, we started talking about – because I was single and he goes, oh, I'm actually saving myself for marriage. And that was the front page of the – it was about what? that. Which I put it in the, um, the, the film, the actual – at the back right at the credits, if you stay like that's the – it was him. That the, was the actual article. The actual article was from him. No yeah. way. Yeah, he was a really, really oh nice guy. But uh, we did. So we we didn't go there to talk about this, but yeah. we ended up talking about this. So, Six yeah. degrees, hey? I know. I know. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> a good guy. Oh my god. <laughs> but uh, so, so with your writing, just who are you? Are you giving it to someone to read? Are you getting feedback? How do you, um, how do you handle criticism? Oh, at the moment. Uh, so I'm writing a project with Sam who did Habibs with me. Okay. Because um, we, we felt like we had some great comic timing and Is great relationship. No, dad? he played my brother, oh, my older brother. brother. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, so we're writing a little comedy thing together, web series, nothing too serious. It's just a lot of fun. It's good. Yeah, and then I have um, my mum's story, which I actually want to turn into like a, a TV series, like Narcos kind of vibes um so that's a big project and i see it as a very very big project as well um so that's a long-term thing because i think i need to get some experience so i think sam sam and i's project would be a good introduction into that world and then i i'm writing a a feature which is more along the lines of like my my experience (laughs) of um teen teen boy bands and um, again, another like silly comedy. Thinking it, about the world of bridesmaids and Kristen Wiig, and how so good, that's how good. I watched it again the other night. It's so good. Who were you, who did you like as a boy band? Uh, <laughs> a few, um, but I think Backstreet Boys were like my top favorite. So that was your era, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Backstreet Boys. They were really good. Um, and then they had Five, and um, <laughs> well, you know, it was like a. Revolution that decade. The what about boy the band guys? The boy band. The guys from the UK. Did you like them? Take that. Take that. Oh yeah, yeah. They were good. Okay. They were all right. Did they break into the US? Mm. Not sure if they're. Not sure. I, I want to. I want to say yes. Let's say yes. Let's say yes. They were very good. They were they're still very going. You know. Are they? Oh yeah, yeah. Together. 
without still Robbie. Touring that, yeah, without Robbie, yeah. Yeah, I still okay. tour and stuff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Really good. That's madness. Those years are like, because, <laughs> you know, one of the guys in our film, Gary Eck, who is yeah. a comedian and he, he came. He wrote out. on our show too. He did write on your show, yeah. sorry, yeah, and he co directed Happy Feet 2 and co wrote oh, that wow, with yeah. George Miller. Awesome. Um, he was in a film about a 90s boy. Boy band coming back together. You should. You should. Oh, what is it? Yeah, yeah. It's. it's I forget the name. Of it. Oh my gosh, I need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's very good. He's a very, very good. Uh, so Gary's one of the guys who I, I've sent my scripts to, and yeah, uh, he's he's really good. His feedback is in, incredible. If I can yeah, put that out there. I haven't really done that yet. I ha- I have talking. I'm talking. I did talk to a, a director friend of mine just to get some feedback on like where to start things to think about um that sort of thing but i haven't done the whole hey will you have a read of it let me know what you think yeah yeah because that's for yeah. when i did that for the first time I, I was that was quite um but the, the thing is people can say 10 things and maybe mm. you do, like i always my theory is if it's better it's in and actually there was a couple of lines in our film which I wrote, and I remember you said, oh, it sounds really American, and you said, what if I said this, 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 and I said, that's so much better. I said, just say that. Like, mm-hmm. And I like, if it's, I always like, yeah, if it's better, put it in. Do you know mm. what I mean? Not, not your pride, not like I wrote. I like that. Yeah. No, if it's better, put like put it in. So you've got to sure. welcome welcome advice. But at the end of the day, yes, you stick to, to what you really, really feel is the right way to go with it. But... Yeah. Um, it's it's really a, a it's a great step to actually get because when someone just looks at it from a different point of view and they say, "Have you thought about this? Have you thought about that?" Mm-hmm. Have you thought? They just see things. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So down the track, when it's at that place, you, know, you don't do it till it's ready. Till till it's but it's never ready. It's never ready. It's never ready. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. It's like that whole thing of um, you just get it done. Just get it done. Just get it done. Because if Do you keep it, thinking yeah. about it and make, trying to make a decision, it will never happen. Um, but, yeah, just going on that, like I've listened to a bunch of podcasts about writing and the process. And Which, one, which ones do you listen to? Oh, I, <laughs> I'm only listening to The Groundlings, actually. Oh, They've the ground- got a podcast and it's unreal, like You've got the people that they have. Script Notes. Script Notes. The best, oh, yeah. best podcast. These, I think the guy just wrote Aladdin and he's just like, but wow. there's two of them there. You. They, it is the best. Script notes, okay. Script notes. That's on the list then? Trust me. Because it's um, about the industry. It really helps you as well with the industry as a writer. In Australia? No, no, no. Oh, They're US. in the States. Yeah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. The, John August and uh, Craig Mazin. So they're two prolific writers. They've yeah. got, runs under their belt like no one else. They're really great. But I'll, I'll listen to your one too. I didn't. Hear, I haven't heard of that oh, one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, obviously you're talking about the alumni and so I understand the things that they're saying with the training and how it's helped them mm. further their their writing and like because I've I'm an actor I have all that experience behind me of like reading a lot of scripts too and understanding you know when things have been written well the writers have really thought about the voices of the characters and you know you can you can hear them as opposed to it sounds really same same with all the characters that are written yeah um but yeah, it's it's that whole thing of like when you when you are part of a network and you're writing for the network, there's all these other politics that come into play where you are then appeasing to producers and 
you know, other people and, and sometimes you know it doesn't work but then you have to find that happy medium of compromise as well or giving up a, the idea altogether and writing something from scratch. So it's, it's that whole thing of like happens, happens just be ready so to much. let go. Happens so much. Or one store my, it away. <laughs> one of my friends just done a, a pretty big feature and, um, you know, the, not naming names, but the, the, the writer on it, um, he did a great job and... Uh, the director initially came on board, very high-profile director, and then um, basically rewrote the story. Mm. And it wasn't to the satisfaction of the producer. They loved it the way it was. Mm-hmm. The money was dependent on this director coming in. So you go, what are you going to do? Do you make the film? You make the film. Yeah. <laughs> so are so they making the film? They've made it. Oh, they made it? Yeah, 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 they've made it. Wow. Yeah, yeah, it's not out yet, but it's, uh, yeah, they've made it. So... It's just one of those things, you know, like you, you, you sometimes you actually, actually so from a writing point of view, so one of the hardest things to do is if actually, actually if you submit a, a, a script and they take it, but with the option to find a new writer, mm-hmm. you could actually find yourself as a co-writer on something that you just go, that's not my film. <laughs> and that, ha- that has happened a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you get paid and you got it made, it's just stepping stones so you earn the right to maybe... Do you know what I mean? It's just yeah. stepping stones. There's so many different ways. And yeah. the other the other thing that I noticed too, um, so Jordan Peele, you know that film Get Out? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. That was messed up. Anyway, but he's he's on that as the only credit as a writer, but he actually had a team of ghostwriters involved. Is that right? In that project. Oh, wow. Yeah. They were a team of people, but they're not there. They're not credited. Wow. Yeah. That's interesting. But from the audience point of view, you're like, oh, yeah, he wrote the whole oh, thing. Oh, he wrote the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's mm. like with musos. Mm. It's like, you know, they get – that high-profile musician gets sent a song. Yeah. And they say, well, if we're going to do this, it's me and you. And they haven't written – do you know what I mean? Just for royalties and yep. stuff like that. They're just the – what are you going to do? All the politics that you don't know about <laughs> until it happens to you and you go, what? You go, what? That's a thing? <laughs> but Kat, no, it's been so good chatting with you. I, I usually ask a stack of questions. I know you, I sent you like some some just Q&A, but you yeah. know what, man? It's better just to chat and just hear your story and oh, like, see it. where you're going, you know? Like it's really exciting what's ahead for you. I just I know the best days are ahead for you. Thank you. And, um, you know, I look forward to, to seeing... You know, with with your contacts, I reckon within that industry, like you could get, you could get stuff up, like if, you know the on uh, online that even initially, mm-hmm. like you were saying, you've written it for. Did you say you wrote it for? The well, stuff I, that you wrote? I don't know to be honest. But like you, I think we we think it's a web series, but you could start if it it's there on TV. Great, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take that too. The problem is Aussies aren't doing TV. All the stuff oh, I've written. Yeah. I mean, I, sorry, Aussies aren't doing sorry comedy. Mm-hmm. They're doing scarce. It's so scarce what they what they're doing, mm. which is why they shouldn't have really got rid of the Habibs because it was rating well. Yeah, it was. Do you know what I mean? Doing it was still holding its own. Well. It was holding its own, and they struggle in that space. They're saying this is the feedback that I've had from these in terms of comedy. It's like it's very scarce. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So whenever you're writing, I would say write it for a whatever you're writing. Write it for a global sort of audience. Yeah, the, the, what we've been writing definitely has a, a global appeal to it. Um, but yeah, you're right. But you know, again, let's like look at the context of 
culturally what's going on and what's on TV commercially and it's all like reality TV at the moment because it's easier to it's cheaper. Cheap. It's cheap to and produce. nasty, but it's not helping the world. And they still get the viewers. Please, TV execs, don't make stupid people famous. Please <laughs> reward people that are working hard and want to want to do something great for this world oh, with their man. art. But they're in competition with like Netflix I and know, Stan know, and I know, Amazon. I know. I know They've I got know. the dollars, and they're looking for content. They're looking for content. Yeah, I know. Netflix. I know. Yeah, they're 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 great. They've, mm-hmm. they've done a great service. I tell you what. Yeah, they've re- they've really challenged the way yeah. we view content now. Oh yeah, yeah. You look at Amazon now. Yeah. There's just so, there's so many streaming services that. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting if you have content that's good and you can get it to them. Mm-hmm. It's blowing up, so it's exciting, and yeah. it, it it makes you go, all right. If the door's closed, how many other doors are there? That's right. To get there. Well, cut, make sure you come back when the next gig comes, comes okay. up because it's going to come up. <laughs> I will. Definitely. And give a big hug to Reese. Just oh, a, a side oh. hug. A, a side tap? Full, full frontal anymore. It's just. <laughs> <laughs> and this is the COVID Well, if thing. you were, Adam Horse would get the scoop, he right? He would get the scoop because he is. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's the go-to man. <laughs> Cat Horse, thank you for coming on Big Jay's Place. Thanks, Jace. Thanks for having me.